Welcome back to Top 25 Voter Pod with our Top 25 voters, uh, Chad Conine and John Werner. Uh, good to see you guys. How y'all doing? Howdy. Good. I love Zoom. <laughs> My main mode of communication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be nice when we uh, actually start hanging out in person again. John's using this morning on Zoom or this afternoon on Zoom. John's using the beard filter. It makes him look like he hadn't shaved in a week. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> well, speaking of the scruffy one, uh, Johnny, you uh, you voted Baylor number one in your poll this week uh, for the first time all season, correct? Or no, uh, I voted them probably the first three weeks or so. And then Gonzaga was really starting to win some impressive games. So I voted for them for at least, I'd say four straight times or something like that. And then I went back to Baylor. uh, And the reason is they've been beating really good teams. They've got four wins now over top 25 teams, same as Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga has some, some wins over some higher ranked teams, uh, Virginia and Iowa. But I, I just think overall Baylor's schedule is, is better because, you know, they're in Big 12 play now and uh, Gonzaga's in West Coast Conference play and BYU is the only team re- receiving votes, uh, top 25 votes in that conference other than Gonzaga. And, you know, there's, what, six Big 12 teams in the, in the top 25 now. Right. Yeah. But when you're talking about number one – Gonzaga got 61 votes to three. You were one of the three out there that, uh, that went with the bears. So, you know, for either of you guys, what's it going to take, I guess, for Baylor to ascend to that top spot? Well, I think, I think Gonzaga is going to have to lose a game. And, and when you think about it, I mean, uh, and I, and I was just going to say this about Baylor and I actually do think this um, to a certain extent, because, I mean, with the guard play they've got and the way they've been beating people, I think Baylor has a chance to be the first team since the 1976 Indiana Hoosiers, 75-76 Indiana Hoosiers, to go through undefeated and, and, and win the whole thing. And But then at the same time, even as I say that, uh, you know, Gonzaga is undefeated too, right? So you could say the same thing about them. And, and really, I mean – uh, you know, I don't know if I don't know if the 76 Indiana Hoosiers do the Miami Dolphins thing where they, they crack open a bottle of champagne for, when the last undefeated team loses. But it might be a while for 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 those guys if that's what they do, because, I mean, Gonzaga's uh, 15 and 0. I don't know if they played already this week. Baylor's 14 and 0. And, you know, th- that those are real possibilities And Baylor. I mean, you know, I keep looking for somebody to come up and beat Baylor. I, I'm, I, I want somebody to beat Baylor. But at Oklahoma State, of course, they ha- didn't have Kate Cunningham the other day. They couldn't get it done. In fact, it wasn't even close. Baylor went on that big run in the second half. And, and you know, Baylor's got to go to Kansas, but that doesn't seem like a huge hurdle right now. Uh, Texas Tech comes here. I think that Baylor's got West Virginia twice still. Uh, and then, of course, Texas twice. And that, that maybe is the biggest challenge. But not if they get, you know, if they can face Texas under man like they were, you know, Tuesday night. But, that, you know, I uh, – who knows what's going to happen with the COVID situation 
And ultimately, it may be COVID that ends up, you know, protecting the 76 Hoosiers because Gonzaga or Baylor may have to deal with it at some point. But I think that's a real developing storyline in college basketball right now. Didn't the uh, running Rebs of Tarkanian fame, you know, Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, didn't they have a chance to go undefeated? Were they trying to do that when they lost to Duke? I think that might have been the case. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd have have to look that up. But, but yeah, I I think they had a shot at it. I will say this. When uh, Bobby Knight was coaching Tech, uh, whenever somebody, uh, a team – mostly outside of the Big 12, was undefeated deep in the season. Some visiting writer would get on the Big 12 coach's call and ask Bobby Knight about him being the last last coach to coach an unbeaten team, and he would never answer them. Well, <laughs> it really makes you wonder if those writers, if they knew – I mean, I'm sure they knew they were what they were getting into, but, like, kind of want to go – uh, do you know who you're asking here? You know, it's yeah. like, is he very likely to answer this question? All right. Well, this, this is going to be off script for a second, but you guys kind of led me down this path. <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on the little kerfuffle between coach K and that student reporter? Did y'all watch that? No, I just I read about it. I read about it. Yeah. Okay, y'all need to watch the little video because I initially saw, you know, Jason King and Cedric Golden and several of our media colleagues out there tweeting about it. And they were, you know, kind of up in arms and and just really chastising Coach K. And after watching it, I've got to say, meh. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it wasn't really, uh, to me, it was a little overblown and uh, honestly, probably a, a good introduction into the world of media for that student reporter, because well, you're, you're going to have coaches sometimes who are a little gruff with you. And that's really all it was, was that coach K was mildly gruff. Yeah, I think, uh, the zoomness of things these days causes press conferences to be more sort of out there than they would, would have been before. Like, I mean, I guess the recording gets up there, everybody can watch it. I mean, and, and watching press conferences as a whole and generally, but I, you know, I remember when Baylor was playing in the Fiesta Bowl and what was that January 1, 2014. And, and, uh, a reporter asked just kind of a weird question, kind of a, kind of underlying insulting question of uh, South Florida's coach. I mean, uh, Central Florida's coach, um, which you guys help me out with the name. Is it Price? Right. I can't remember what, what, what his name was, but anyway, it, it really ruffled him and he reacted way worse to, you know, he was bristled way more at that question and it just didn't make it out there in, in the, uh, you know, it didn't go viral, so to speak, but uh, you know, coach K he's an old crotchety guy and he's, expressing his opinions a little bit more uh, off the cuff than he might have in, in, you know, earlier in his career. So that's kind of what I make of that. Plus they're not very good this year. Yeah. (laughs) They're not in the top 25. It's probably ruffled anyway. So, uh, right. By the way, back on that, um, the undefeated point, you're right, Bryce. Uh, UNLV wasn't undefeated. I just looked it up when, when Duke beat him in the final four, I guess that was in the semifinal game that year. Also, the other the reason, another thing I was going to bring up about 75-76 Indiana, they were the number one ranked team in the country from start to finish. 
Wow. And so Gonzaga is in that seat right now. But Baylor has just as well, maybe not just as good a chance because they got a tougher non, I mean, a tougher conference schedule. But they're both, you know, kind of uh, got the pedal to the metal headed towards that, you know, end goal, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say, uh, you know, Baylor's got uh, seven games left, top 25 games left against Big 12 opponents right now. That's going to be very hard to navigate to win all those. So I, I'm going to say it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, awfully, obviously they're awfully good, though. And I'll, I feel like I'll say this, too. If it does happen, either Gonzaga or Baylor, you know, even taking into account that Gonzaga may, may have an easier road to an undefeated season because of the conference they're in, I, I would say it still might be a more impressive feat than the 76 Hoosiers just because of something Chad mentioned earlier, which is COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can get through a COVID season undefeated, man, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, they were supposed to play each other. So that takes a little, I mean, is it, is it an impressive or is it an asterisk? You know, I think that's what a lot of things, something a lot of people are going to say. And, 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 you know, maybe it's premature to be talking that I feel kind of like the guy talking about, you know, pitchers throwing a no hitter when it's only the third inning, but <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We do have a lot of basketball left to be played. Uh, so I think y'all sufficiently answered that question uh, with, with a detour that I, I let us. Know. <laughs> uh, it's a good detour though. It's a good detour. <laughs> so Chad talking about the, the lady bears and, and running the table, obviously they already have one loss, could they in conference? Run, yeah, yeah, in conference, uh, could they run the table in the Big Twelve the rest of the way? Particularly if they go up to Ames on Sunday and beat Iowa State in that rematch. Well, uh, you know, a lot like the Baylor men, I think the Baylor women have um, a lot of their toughest games still ahead of them. Uh, obviously, you know, Sunday and Ames, the fact that they lost last year there it, it is a big one. I don't think – I mean, from the standpoint of winning the conference championship, I don't know that it's even a must-win because, you know, Iowa State's sitting there with two losses already in conference. And, and in or, you know, uh, but I, I – there are times when I watch Baylor and I go, absolutely. I mean, I think they're going to run the table. The other teams, like Oklahoma State is one of the other tougher teams in the conference, and they handled them in Stillwater last week. And – uh, you know, they've got to play Texas twice. And, and Texas has been way hit or miss this year. They've lost some games that, that they probably definitely should have, shouldn't have lost. And then they've beaten some good people. And, and Charlie Collier is, I think I saw that she was projected the number one pick in the WNBA draft. And so you've got, you know, that those two games against Texas are going to loom large. And so I think it's because Baylor hasn't played Texas yet, it's really difficult to say, if they can run the table, you know, if they win, you know, Sunday night, if they can win the, run the table beyond that, you know, they play West Virginia, which West Virginia is in the top 25 this week, but they went to West Virginia on that little road trip they had in December and, and handled them pretty well at their, I was actually covering high school football that night, Bryce, you, you covered that game from watching it on ESPN plus, I guess. But, um, so, uh, but, you know, there are times when you watch Baylor and, and you look at, okay, so here you've got Melissa Smith as a preseason, you know, player of the year. You've got 
and then another player, Queen Egbo, that is unlike any other player that any other team has in the Big 12, just in terms of athleticism that she brings to the table and where she fits as kind of a second post player. And then, um, and I wrote about it today, and, and I think it was one of my greatest headline moments ever to, to uh, use the phrase full moon fever, which is, of course, the Tom Petty um, album title. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, moon, five straight games. Uh, in the last five games, she's averaging 17 points. Now, coming into this year for her career, like her career, I think she averaged between four and six points or something like that, you know, and, and it, at if she averaged 10 points earlier in the season, it had almost doubled her, her previous, you know, best season. And now in the last five games, she's averaging 17. And it's really impressive to watch because Moon will get the ball on the wing and do like a jump pass to get the ball into Nalissa or Queen. But like a couple of times last night, and this is going to happen more and more, she gets the ball on the wing and that post player is being covered up by a defender. And so they just go up and set a screen for Moon and she – you know, beats everybody to the foul line, jumps, floats in the air, and, and hits a jump shot at like it's a layup, you know. And and when you got a player doing – I mean, honestly, if Moon keeps it up, she's going to challenge Melissa Smith for the Big 12 Player of the Year. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like if they lost Moon, would they be free-falling? <laughs> <laughs> Well, right now, you know, we're going to do a whole podcast yeah. just on the Full Moon Fever album and <laughs> the song Free Fall. And we're going to have to like put the brakes on and not do that. But hey, I don't know if y'all heard me. I said, right now, they're running down a dream. There you go. There you go. I told John last night uh, after the game that, that um, you know, I, I could, I'm going to write a whole column where I just use lyrics off of Full Moon Fever to describe Moon Earth's season. <laughs> I like it. You can do it too. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. I'd read that. Uh, all right. Well, let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about some of the hot schools out there nationally. And, uh, you know, it, apparently Alabama is not just a football school. It's not just about Nick Saban anymore. Uh, Johnny, the Crimson Tide are playing pretty pretty dead gum well. Give us some insight into into the Tide on the basketball uh yeah, you know, maybe because they're so good in football, nobody was even talking about Alabama basketball at the start of the year. Uh, but yeah, they've gone 14 and three, uh, nine and0 in the SEC. They've got a three game lead over everybody else in the SEC. So that's pretty impressive. And uh, yeah, uh, I was looking at their stats today. They're a good three point shooting team. They play really good defense. Looks like they've got a pretty decent bench, so it it looks like a really good team. And I think part of it, I mean, Kentucky's down. Mm-hmm. That helps. They've been Kentucky twice. That's amazing. It's first time it's happened since 89. Yeah. So, uh, you know, part of that might be Kentucky being a little down. But, uh, yeah, they look really good. Chad, who are some of, you know, one or two of the women's teams out there that are kind of making a rise? Well, you know, UCLA beat Stanford the other night and kind of switched places with them and, and the poll. And, and, of course, Stanford was number one just not too long ago. Um, uh, we talked about the Indiana Hoosiers men team. The Indiana women kind of are, are, you know, staying in there, staying, you know, kind of moving up and getting some good wins. Uh, Ohio State. And, and it's real interesting to look at because the Big 12 has Baylor up there in the top ten. And then 
Texas and Iowa State have kind of been trying to tread water to stay in the top 25. West Virginia moved in this week, but the Big 12 just really lacks, um, you know, that second and third team. And, and you look at some of the other conferences in the country, uh, the SEC, you know, as usual, has a bunch of bunch of teams up there. South Carolina's real high. Uh, Arkansas and Kentucky have both had their moments. A&M, A&M is in the top ten. So uh, the SEC is loaded. The Big Ten, like I mentioned, with Indiana, Ohio State, then you've got Michigan up there in the top 20. Um, and in Maryland at number five in the country, it, it's real hard sometimes to remember with the ACC Big Ten back and forth who is where, you know, sometimes because yeah. Maryland will always be an ACC team to me, but yeah, they're I, in the Big Ten now. Uh, and then, you know, the Pac-12 has got, uh, as I mentioned, Stanford and UCLA and Arizona and, of course, Oregon. And and so I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's 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 a quandary as to whether the Big 12 is actually that much below those teams. And, and, and I think if you look at non-conference results, it's not difficult to say, yeah, the Big 12 isn't isn't punching with those other schools outside of Baylor. And then the question is, is why? I mean, uh, is, are, is Texas not producing, you know, women's basketball players the way it used to? Or uh, is Baylor just sopping up all the good players and not leaving anybody for anybody else? Or, you know, it, it's, it's, it's weird because – it's been a little while. In fact, since I've been on the Lady Bears beat, the Big 12 has not – I mean, the Big 12 has been weak outside of Baylor. You know, I, I feel like some of it is an indictment on the coaches in the conference because, um, you know, there was a time early 2000s and stuff when the Big 12 really was a very strong women's basketball conference. Mm-hmm, now, the mm-hmm. league looked a little different then. It had Nebraska and A&M in it, you know. Uh, but you think about, like, a Jody Conrad and a Marsha Sharp and a Gary Blair. Those coaches, you know, built consistent programs. and right. And, you know – Texas seems like it's been just kind of all over the map, you know. They they you know they thought they had something with Karen Aston and it never really took off like they wanted it to. Uh, you know, we'll see if uh, Vic Schaefer you know is able to get it done there. I, you know, obviously his first year and a weird year at that. But um, well, they, Texas I feel like is more competitive under Vic Schaefer this year than they than they were before. Now I mentioned they've been a little bit inconsistent. You know, I think if A&M were in the picture in the big 12, it would look different uh, for sure. Uh, Here's one thing. And, and, you know, not to, I don't want to run down this person. If I want to talk smack about anybody in in the big world of big 12, it's Bob Huggins because I can't stand that guy and everybody seems to love him, but you know, you you can't help but take uh, Sherry Cole to task a little bit because I mean, her team is not good defensively. They're a bad defensive team, for one thing. They're last in the conference. Baylor could do anything they wanted to on Saturday night against them. Uh, but then, uh, And then they got out-rebounded 40-14. to 14. Now, you know, any coach worth his salt is going to, you know, just lose sleep for days if you can't play defense and you can't rebound, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to wonder if Sherry Cole has lost her fastball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time she was getting – you know, the Paris twins and, uh, 
and Stacy Dales and, you know, players like that. And, and I, I mean, I don't feel like OU is getting that same caliber of player anymore. They, they were making final fours, you know, and stuff. Right. And, right. and that era of Sooner basketball has really uh, vanished. Well, and, and, you know, it's become the norm for teams to play really, really tough defense. And maybe that's, you know, something that um, is kind of, a, I, don't, I don't know that it's a shift. I think playing defense has always been important in basketball, but it's become like the focus for a lot of programs, including the Lady Bears, is, is playing defense. And maybe Oklahoma, you know, maybe short, Sherry Cole's more of an offensive end coach and, and, you know, just has lost a step in terms of preaching that side of the ball. Hmm. Uh, so speaking of the SEC, which both of y'all did at some point in there in those rambling discourses, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> the SEC Big 12 challenge will be Saturday. Uh, so I'm going to kind of run these games down one by one real quick. And you guys give me, you know, your little popcorn analysis of who wins this game. So we'll start with the Bears and Auburn. Uh, yeah, Baylor there. Auburn is a pretty average team. They've got a really good point guard. They've got a couple other good players. Uh, it'll be interesting. Davion Mitchell started there. Uh, he played there as a freshman, transferred to Baylor. He might have a little extra motivation there, but Baylor's just too good for them. And Chad, we know, is on the Baylor undefeated train, so I guess he's taking the Baylor. <laughs> Auburn's one of those teams that'll stick in your craw, though, you know, I mean – um uh, war eagle baby yeah and bruce yeah. pearl teams play annoying like up pace basketball so they might be you know they might be able to come in there and, and annoy baylor a little bit we'll keep the pearls of wisdom going here and uh <laughs> how about the uh number this is a top 25 game here how about the number 24 oklahoma sooners just coming off a win over texas last night Did y'all see that over the backboard shot oh yeah austin that, reeves yeah that's that pretty sweet that was larry bird-esque uh yeah. and they have a guy who looks like late that's okay. true they do uh and they're going up against the uh, previously mentioned alabama crimson tide who who are we taking in this one it's at norman yeah I think I'm going to take Oklahoma there. I uh, I think they've got a good team. They're on the rise. They've been playing pretty well. They almost blew it last night, but they've got a good team. All this game is a three-point shooting contest. Mm. So who do you take? I mean, flip a coin, but I'll, I'll say Oklahoma is going to get a big win for the Big 12 in this one. Okay. And then uh, – you know, John, you mentioned that uh, Kentucky is is down for sure. They are down. Uh, you know, they got the Longhorns this week. Who who do you guys like in that one? Uh, I did just see a graphic. Kentucky's five and ten. They're en route to their worst season since like nineteen twenty three. Just wow. to throw that in there. <laughs> you know, some of that's going to depend. You know, if everybody's back. For Texas, they were down to eight scholarship players, and Shaka Smart was out last night because of COVID. Um, I probably most of those guys would be back, I would guess. Uh, I just think Kentucky really stinks this year, <laughs> and I'm going to take Texas. Yeah, the ESPN matchup predictor uh, has Texas a 64.8% chance of winning, and I think that probably includes their situation. 
being what it is. But yeah, John's right. It's all a matter of it's even more so than uh, whether or not Shock is on the bench is if they have some some guys back that they didn't have last night. I mean, the fact that they only lost by one point with the guys they had out last night tells you how good Texas is. Texas is. Another uh, blue blood that is not having quite as good a season as it normally does is Kansas. And, but the Jayhawks are still ranked. Uh, they're 15th now, and they will travel to Knoxville to play an old, uh, what, old Big 12 coach, Rick Barnes, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so, you know, that's number 18 versus number 15. How do you see that one coming out? You know, the funny thing about that game, both those teams were – gosh, in the top six or seven, just two or three weeks ago. They've both been falling some. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee there on the road. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for Kansas to win. Um, if Kansas's name was uh, LSU or, or, uh, or gosh, what is somebody if, – if they were Utah State – they would not be in the top 25, but I the fact their name is fair. Kansas. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I think that's a good, that's accurate statement. Uh, and without saying much more about it, I'm going to go with Tennessee. All right. So then we have Chad's Texas tech red Raiders, number 10 in the country, uh, who gave us one of the greatest memes ever the other night with the little Texas tech fan. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, uh, I'm glad it was that kid and not me because I wouldn't have a job anymore if it were me. <laughs> so they have L- who, who do y'all like in, in the uh, tech LSU game? Uh, um, you know, I think I'll take tech, you know, they're uh, they usually bounce back pretty quickly from losses. They're really good defensively. LSU always seems to not quite. I think they pretty much underachieve all the time. They're a little better this year. I'm going to take Tech. Yeah, I think Tech is really playing good basketball, despite the fact, you know, they've, they've now lost two in a row against Baylor and West Virginia. Uh, but, you know, I thought they can, controlled a lot of the game against Baylor and then uh, kind of let it slip away at the end. And then I thought, you know, they dominated the second half for 15 minutes against West Virginia the other night. But then West Virginia made nine of its last nine field goals and then went to the free throw line about 75 times in the last five minutes. So, you know, it's hard to win a game like that, but LSU has, has been good this year. And I think at times they've been right on the brink of the top 25, but I think uh, they're, you know, they're not as consistent as some of their, you know, SEC counterparts. They got whipped by Alabama the other day. So uh, I'm hoping the red Raiders can win this one. Uh, just as I said that, Charles Barkley is not walking through that door for Auburn. I don't think Shaquille O'Neal is walking through that door for LSU or Stanley Roberts or Chris Jackson, you know, uh, right. The glory years for LSU, uh, are in the past. Um, so finally, I'm not sure why we saved this particular game for the end, but uh, (laughs) we got just fell to last. Yeah. Florida going to huggy bear, and the 11th-ranked Mountaineers. Chad, since uh, Huggins is your favorite guy, why don't we start with you on this one? Yeah, there's no way Florida wins this game. I mean, West Virginia is pretty good. They've got some good players, but 
I was telling John, I think, I think Bob Huggins is just buddies with everybody in the basketball world <laughs> up to and including the officials because <laughs> like West Virginia games in Morgantown, they're more like a, they're more like a referee meet and greet than they are a basketball game. <laughs> Cause he's just chatting with them the whole damn time. Did I tell you that I had uh, you down to do an assignment uh, for a Bob Huggins feature? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just let's just like pause for a second. And and last year when we were in Kansas City and they called off the Big 12 tournament in the <laughs> afternoon, they called off the NCAA tournament. Uh, Bob Huggins is down there in the bar at the hotel and me and, and John's rewriting his story for like the fourth or fifth time that day. So me and Rod ate a lot. We're just like hanging out in the bar uh, and Bob Huggins is down there. And there are times like. Monday night and, and, and Monday night certainly wasn't the first time when I just want to tell Bob Huggins what I think of him, you know, working the officials the entire game because he yells at them if West Virginia's had a foul called on him. He yells at them if there's not a foul call. If they call a foul on West Virginia's opponent, he's still over there talking to him. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. And, and it's, 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 not, it's not sportsmanlike. It's not like the way it ought to be. You ought to coach your team, let the referees call the game, and the best team wins. And but and and it's genius not to let it go that way. And Scott Drew does his share of working the officials, but it, it it'll drive you crazy if you're on the on the other side of it, especially when I mean, how does West Virginia it's mainly shooting jump shots and Texas Tech is trying to get to the basket. How do they shoot 27 free throws and Tech shoots 12? Yeah, he's on his soapbox now. But uh, well, I, I will say this: uh, when you play in Morgantown, West Virginia is allowed to play tackle football. <laughs> the opponent is allowed to play touch football. Well, I, but I got off track and didn't make my point. And my point was that in that bar setting, when everything was falling down around us, I didn't get up in Bob Huggins' face and yell at him about being an sob during games, right? <laughs> You maintained your level of professionalism. Right. And I took that as like this peaceable moment where, you know, my better instincts took over. But then like Monday night, I'm lying there in bed thinking, why didn't I tell that guy what I thought of him when I had the chance? <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, who are you taking? We, uh, I'm going to mention this too. We got about two and a half minutes left on the clock here. Yeah. I've, I've got West Virginia there. Uh, you know, they're good at tackle football in Morgantown. <laughs> Man, I love the editorializing today. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. So next week we will come back and we will look at how y'all did uh, in your predictions. And, and oh, great! That's yeah. always that always works out well. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see y'all at the games. All right. Later. Later.